0: Let's turn to John chapter 15. And this is a familiar portion of scripture, but I want to just look at a few things here. John 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Uh, I guess we'll just read it a little bit further here. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot abide, cannot bear fruit of itself unless, it's, unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Now, we're familiar with abiding in Christ. Whenever we initially come to the Lord, we are placed in him. Paul talks about this throughout the epistles. You'll see in whom, in him, in Christ, in God, so many different times in the New Testament. And he's trying to show a place that the believer initially was planted into or or put into. And so Jesus comes here and he talks about abiding. And this abiding here, if you examine the text, is talking about grafting. And I'll show you a scripture in a minute, but... Our lives are to be abiding in Christ. Now, turn, hold your place there and turn to 1 Kings. 1 Kings 11. To abide in Christ will mean for you and I that we must receive his word, so that if you and I do not receive his word, that which is spoken that which is brought to us by the Spirit of God on a personal basis. If we do not obey that word, we cannot abide in this place. We cannot abide in Him. Uh, We can be a Christian. We can remain uh, saved, of course. We can go to heaven. But as far as receiving from the Lord that which will come, from this connection to him that will not be there, that will not be what it should be. Now in 1 Kings 11, uh, 38, now the the setting here was whenever uh, Solomon taxed the the people and then his son Rehoboam continued and actually overtaxed the people and there was a breakaway where Jeroboam The Lord gives him ten tribes of Israel, leaves two uh, because of David. He leaves two with Rehoboam. And so ten of them are going to split and, and go under this man, Jeroboam. Now, this was of the Lord, and the Lord spoke to Jeroboam through a prophet. And I don't know if we'll read any of that. He speaks to him through a prophet. And the prophet says certain things. I guess we can go back to verse 34. However, I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand because I have made him ruler all the days of his life for the sake of my servant David, whom I have chosen because he kept my commandments and my statutes. But I will take the kingdom out of his son's hand, that's speaking of um, Rehoboam, and will give it to you ten tribes. And to his son I will give one tribe that my servant David may always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen to myself to put my name there. So I will take you and you shall reign over all your heart desires and you shall be king over Israel. Then, I, I, then it shall be, and this is what I want to show you, if you heed all that I command you, walk in my ways, and do what is right in my sight, to keep my statutes and my commandments as my servant David did, then I will be with you, and will build for you an enduring house as I built for David, and will give you Israel, uh, will give to you Israel, and so on. So, the Lord was in this. The Lord is going to give to Jeroboam what he's going to say here. But the condition is he must walk in the Lord's way. He must keep his commands and so forth. And to abide, that word means to stay in a place or a state. It means to continue also. And then uh, Loanita says this, to remain in the same place over a period of time. Now, this is not necessarily meaning a geographic location, but it's talking about a place that you are in, in God, remaining there for a period of time, a long period of time. And by doing that, the purpose of that is to bring the nourishment and the things that you need in order to develop and mature and to be enriched. So without keeping the sayings of the Lord, there cannot be enrichment in the person's life no matter what. I mean, they can be a Christian, they can go to heaven and all that. But as far as their enrichment, the inner enrichment that the Lord wants in his people, that will be greatly lacking. Now, I should have stayed back here in, in 1 Kings again. You don't have to turn there. I'll get it here. 1 Kings. This is the next chapter. This is what Jeroboam did. He had the promise of God. The Lord said... You know, I'll do such and such and such, such. you need to keep my way and listen to my word. This is chapter 12, verse 25. Then Jeroboam built Shechem in the mountains of Ephraim and dwelt there. Also he went out from there and built Peniel. And Jeroboam said in his heart, now the kingdom may return to the house of David. If these people go up to offer the sacrifices in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then the heart of this people will turn back to their Lord. Uh, to Jeroboam, king of Judah, and they will kill me and go back to Jeroboam, king of Judah. Because Jerusalem was the center of, of worship. That was where they would travel, to Jerusalem. So later on, he makes another place, Samaria, and he says, no, this is what you can, you can do it here. But listen to this. Therefore, the king asked advice. He made two calves of gold and said to the people, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, O Israel, which brought you up from the land of Egypt. So instead of listening to the word of God, his heart turns and he sets up idols. And this is, I don't want to say it's common, but this does occur with people. And of course, they aren't golden calves. They aren't that type of idols. They are other idols, something that is placed now before them and between God, that, that's, that takes their attention, becomes an idol. So going back to John 15. So Jesus said, I am the true vine. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And I looked at this taking away and it has various meanings, but they're all related to this thought of carrying something away, taking it away, getting it out of the place where it is. And there's a verse I want to read. Go to Romans. Hold your place in John there. Go to Romans 11. Now, you realize that we were all at one time Gentiles. You know you're not a Gentile any longer. You know that, right? You're not a Gentile. You were. We were all Gentiles. But when we came to Christ, Paul says, he that is a Jew is not one outwardly. He that is a Jew is one inwardly, not the circumcision of the flesh, but the circumcision of the heart. So something occurs now, and there is a grafting. You were a Gentile, and then you were taken through Christ, and you were grafted into the place in Christ that the Jews should have been. In Romans eleven twenty four. 24... For if you were cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature. He's talking about the the Gentiles. He's talking about those who did not know God. And were grafted contrary to nature into a cultivated olive tree. And that's speaking of, of Israel. How much more will these, who are the natural branches, Israel, be grafted into their own olive tree? So there is this grafting here in spirit that took place. Now, grafting, I don't know if you're aware of this, but there can be such a thing as graft failure. And what happens is there is a poor formation of the graft when it's placed in the tree. Now, they do this frequently, especially with fruit trees. They'll take a branch and they cut the, the, uh, the bark in such a way and they have to put it in a certain way and then they, they, they put some type of, um, I don't know how they do it now, whatever they use to seal that area. And then what takes place is the, the graft works its way into the, the tree and now there's a connection there and it starts to draw on the sap and, and the nutrients of the tree, and then now the, the, the branch begins to grow and then eventually produces fruit. But there is such a thing as graft failure, where there is poor formation in the graft union. And when you look at that on the surface, it, it may look okay for a time. Where the, uh, the leaves are still there. There's, there's no withering or what have you. But after a period of time where there, there is not this union there and that graft is not taking, then what happens is the branch begins to wither and it will not produce anything, won't produce any fruit. And so here I believe that when Jesus is saying here that every branch in me, see, in me, there was something planted in, in him. And as I said, initially, we are planted in Christ, in him. But, and I'm not going to teach you on this, but there is in the scripture such a thing as walking out or not being in him any longer. There is such a thing. So that when a person is in him, there are certain things that will keep us in him, And there are certain things that will carry us out from that connection. And so here he says that every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he carries it or takes it away. So that there's something that occurs here because of some type of failure that that happened with the graft. Now, hold your place there. Actually, we're not going to come to 15 and go to uh, Philippians. Philippians chapter 1, verse 10. That you may approve the things that are excellent. You, you and I. That you may be sincere or genuine and without offense till the day of Christ. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness. Now, to be filled with the fruits of righteousness means that there is to be a work of the Spirit in your life personally. So we cannot be filled with the fruit of righteousness without the work of the Spirit of God in our life personally, however that is for you and I. That that work of the Spirit there that, that continues, that moves on, is what will be, it is what will, will tell us or show us that the graft is the way it is to be. The graft didn't fail. It's the way it is to be. It's correct. And so the, the Spirit of God wants to work on you and I and to do what needs to be done so that our branch, you know, our life, begins to bring about something else, some fruit Something that was not there before. So the fruit that the branch here has. Let's go to let's go to John for a second here. John 17. The fruit that the branch is to bear is the cultivation of the truth of God in your life. See now, people will say the fruit is souls. Well, that's that's true. That can be a type of a fruit. But the fruit of the spirit as you see in Galatians, really doesn't have a whole lot to do with saving souls. It has to do with the quality that the Lord puts in the Christian. So the fruit he's after here is the cultivation of the truth, that truth that comes to you by the Lord, and that is cultivated in your heart and your life, and has an effect the fruit of righteousness, in you. And now something begins to happen where fruit is produced. John 17, verse 17. Jesus prays this for all of his followers. He says, Father, sanctify them by your truth. And then he says, your word is truth. So in John 15, 2 that we just looked at, One branch is cast away and the other is pruned. That should make us reflect upon our own life. You know, where are we in this whole process? Are we in him? Are we abiding in him? Or are there things that have caused us to back out of that, to move a little further away from that connection And now we are moving in a different way for a different purpose or whatever it may be. And we're not receiving the nourishment that we should. And Jesus says that there comes a point here, whatever point that is, when there's nothing produced there, that, you know, that's cast away. Now, with that in mind, let's go to Luke chapter 8. You and I have received the light, you know. Initially with you, someone shared the gospel with you, somebody. With me, someone shared the gospel. I thought I was a Christian for years, since I was a little boy, and someone came and pointed out some things in the Bible, and I said, wow, why didn't they teach that? <laughs> why didn't they tell me this? So, uh, you know, we receive Christ, and, you know, a way of saying that is we come to the light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. The light that we receive is for a purpose. Now in Luke eight, verse 16, no one when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed. There is this light and he says that the light here is not to be put under a bushel, rather the light is to shine forth and the light brings the things that are hidden into a place where now they can be seen so that you know if you of course we don't have candles we don't use candles any longer but if you have a a room that is pitch black and you go in that room and if you're not familiar with that room maybe it's someone else's house and you go in there you don't know what's there you can't see what's there but if you turn the light on the light brings that which was hidden to the light it brings it that which is hidden there now to a place where we can say, oh, okay, I see. That's here, that's there. Okay. But he sets, sets this light on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light, which I thought is interesting. They see the light because the light is doing what it should be doing. Verse 17. For nothing is secret or nothing is hidden that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known And come to the light. So the light here in in this context is that which the good seed in the good soil, the fruit that it has produced is this light. And you say, where are you getting that? (laughs) Well, let's look at the context. Look at verse 15. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who having heard the word. See, they heard the word with a noble and good heart. And they keep the word, and it bears fruit. So I don't believe that what he's saying here in verse 16 and 17 is unconnected to what he said in verse 15. I believe there's it's a relationship there between the two. And so when he says here that nothing is secret that will not be revealed, um, and nothing is hidden that will not be known and come to light, he's talking about the light that was received, that light that was brought to that good ground in the form of a seed and brought forth fruit. See, you can't have the fruit without this proper connection. We must abide in him. And there are many, many people throughout Christendom over the years. I've seen people, you know, for example, some people that had ministries And because there was some problem with this graph, now they get off into other things, and the light now that should be shining out from them as far as Christ, now something else comes out, and so on and so forth. And then there's a deception, and so so on. The seed here, or this fruit here, is related to... Hearing the word, as you see in verse 15, they heard the word and kept it. And if you go to the Old Testament and you take a verse, let's just go to Exodus for a minute and show you this. Exodus 15 or Exodus 19. The word here in the Bible, and this holds true in the Old Testament and and the New Testament, the word here means to listen and obey. Or you can say, listen and do. It's the same thing. Listen and obey. Not just hear, but you are listening with the intent to obey. So in Exodus 19, verse 5, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure or a peculiar treasure to me above all people. Here you see in this verse the word obey. You see the word keep. So there must be a hearing. See, There's a hearing that brings forth obedience, a keeping of the commandment. So in verse 18, back in Luke 8, therefore, he says, take heed how you hear. Or in another gospel says, take heed what you hear. Take heed how you hear, take heed what. What you hear, for whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken from him. Let me just read here from Mark. Mark 4 says this. It's the same verse, but it's a little different. Then he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. So in order to be given... What the Lord wants to give, there must be a hearing, which means hearing, listening, and obeying. So the hearer is responsible for that which he hears. And what I mean by that is when the Spirit of God is giving something to you, you are responsible for that hearing listening, and the doing of that, however that would be in your life. So there is an accountability that we are to have and do have to the word of God as it comes. And you know that we in this church have had so much given, we have no idea. We have no idea. The Lord has had great investment Walter Butler, Charles Hahn, Hubert Bunny, Bill Pepper, Jake, so so on and so forth. There has been quite an investment placed here for just a handful of people. But don't be deceived. There must be accountability for that. This is just not some game. This is just not, well... Okay, I go to church, I hear a message and that's it. Oh no. <laughs> no, not at all. You are to have a heart that takes what the Lord is giving to you personally. And then the spirit of God is to go over that and work that salvation into your life, however that occurs, you know, whatever it may be, you know, whatever has to t- take place, whatever you have to do, whatever you don't have to do, whatever. So that there is not just a hearing of the word, but there's a hearing and a doing. So you have with churches, if a church has been established by the Spirit of God, you have with a church um, a thrust, a direction, a purpose. And so the Lord will will have a church with, with and will give them a certain purpose. Then he will call or he will bring others into that church. Maybe they're led there by the Spirit, hopefully. And now they're there and they are to be moving with the purpose in this church. Whether they're aware of what it is or not, if they're led or called there, they are to move in that way. You have an accountability now from the people to move in that way, and you will have reward that comes out from this present and future. Future would be what the Lord rewards us with later. Presently, one of the rewards will be, because we are in the Lord and we're in him, we're led, we're, we're where we're to be, there is a feeding, there's a nourishment, and that will produce riches. Now, what occurs, and I've seen this many times, is that someone will, for whatever reason, will decide that they want to go out here in a different direction. They want to leave the church, the purpose, the purpose the leading that they have had here, and they want to go out over here. And, and what occurs there now, because if, if they are not being led by the Spirit of God, then what, what occurs is the richness that they should have had, that should have been uh, a thing that increased in their life, increased, increased, that will be lacking... And the reward from being in this purpose now, they cut themselves off from that. And now they're moving over here. And the Lord may be gracious, by the way, and may get them in something. And and they're, you know, whatever, doing something the Lord specifically has for them. And they may have some reward in this. I don't know. As far as the purpose here that they were led into some time ago, some years back, that the nourishment that they would have received here, they they cut themselves off from, and the reward they cut themselves off from. Now, let's say someone is led by the Spirit. This is all related, by the way. Let's say someone is led by the Spirit, which is the way it's to work. Remember, they sent people out from the church, um, Paul and Barnabas and so on. But let's say a person here now is led to go in another area. Now they have the reward related to this and because they have not cut themselves off from the church, the purpose, they also receive the reward that's moving down along here, whatever's done or produced uh, in, in that body. So the Lord has accountability for Christians. They're accountable for certain things but I think that most of the time, people are totally oblivious to this. I really do. They're just, you know, well, I'll go here and do this. I'll go there and do that. I don't like this. I'm going to go that. do that. It's like they have no clue what is really moving in spirit. Now, there are other circumstances that can go on here, but this is just kind of like something I wanted to show you because I've been watching this thing for many, many years and have seen this happen. And I've seen people that were cut off. It's not so much from the church as it is from the purpose that God had for their life. See, because that's where the nourishment is. The nourishment is uh, in abiding abiding in Christ. And see, as you abide in Christ, he puts you where he wants you. It's not you just decide you're going to do what you want. So if you decide you're going to do what you want, then there may be some difficulty or there may not be the riches and the wealth that the Lord really wants placed within the Christian. And I think that this happens much, much more than we would think. So that, you know, I I was actually thinking about, you know, years ago being in church and remembering Charles Hahn, sitting under Charles Hahn. For you know quite a while, and even though I didn't understand you know a lot of things, I you know I just knew that there was truth there. there was, it was right, and receiving certain things from certain individuals for a long period of time. And for me personally, there is an accountability that you know is there. I I'm accountable. For some of the things the Lord has given me. You're accountable for some of the things that you hear that relate to you as a Christian. The Lord, you know, how he gives his word and that there it is. You're accountable to that, to the Lord for that. You can't just say, well, you can. I'm just going to go ahead and do what I want or I'm not going to do this, that, and the other Well, we can do that. But there is to be for you richness See, it's not just coming to church. That's not it. It's not just reading the Bible. It's not just praying. Any other things. See, there is to be a richness that goes from the Lord Jesus Christ to you. But you must abide. You must abide in him. So that will mean not just initial salvation. That will mean to us that we must hear and obey And we must realize that we are to be where we are to be. And, you know, this whole thing with our relationship to the Lord must be right. So the Lord is interested in you having the knowledge of God. And to that end, he has given many different vehicles to bring the knowledge of God to you and I. One of them would be revelation. He gives us revelation. You, you can read in his word sometimes, and he reveals things to you. You can be out doing whatever, and the Lord reveals something to you. So, so the knowledge of God, the knowledge of his ways, and that will come uh, through revelation. Uh, he has given us the Holy Spirit. It says the Holy Spirit was given to us to lead us and guide us into all truth. The Holy Spirit is a vehicle. He is a vehicle by which you will receive the knowledge of God. Um, Paul says that in the church are, were apostles, prophets, and teachers. And see, those gifts in the church will be a vehicle by which the Lord will give you and I the knowledge of God. And then you have, of course, your own personal relationship with the Lord, where uh, he can teach you and give you the knowledge of God. So here in Luke, when he says here, Therefore, take heed how you hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given. The reason why more is given to those that have is because, see, the groundwork has been laid in their life so that they are in the right place in God, in Christ, walking with him and so forth, and because they are in his purpose, more is given to that one. Then he goes on, he says, and whoever does not have, even what he seems, this is very strange the way this says this, even what he seems to have will be taken away from him, that which he seems to have. So in other words, maybe they had that thing in its infancy stage, but because the connection wasn't continual, abiding, uh, maybe that you know didn't they didn't have the reality of that. See, I can sit there and I can hear the word, and I can understand the words that are being said. I may even know the scripture. But that does not mean that we have the reality that it's talking about, that we have the spirit and life. That is there in that. See, it will take us walking with God, and it will take time for the Lord to take some of these things and put them in us. And I remember Charles Hahn said that it takes—he said it takes about five years to receive revelation. You hear something, and you don't get it for five or ten years, and i, I think that's true. We think because we hear it, we've heard the same thing over and over again. Maybe we've heard some scripture 50 times in church, and we, we can say, yeah, I know what that says, I know what that says, I know what that says. But that doesn't mean we have it. See, we can, we can deceive ourselves and think that everything is fine and not have this connection to the Lord that will be the source of the nourishment to bring the reality of that word to us, the reality of it, to where it's not just words on a page, it's a reality moving in my heart and life. That's different. That's different. To so, I me, mean, it's good to hear the word because we hear things that maybe we forgot, maybe we've never heard. Um, you know, the Bible's really big, there's a lot in the Bible. And, you know, you hear something some years back. And then somebody goes over that same scripture and you look at that, and the Lord quickens something there to you. But then comes the reality of it where the Lord makes its spirit and life in you. See, that's, that's different. So for the light here, he talks about the light, that which the seed has produced. For the light to be useful, it must be given. Remember that. And that can be given in two ways, by your life, your your walk, people will see the light. But don't forget that it also means that we must open our mouth as the Lord leads us. You know what I'm saying? That means telling someone about the Lord. So for the light to be useful, it has to be given some way. You know, Paul, he received quite a bit from the Lord, but what good would that have been if he... If he didn't, you know, give that, it became useful when he gave it to the churches. He said, the Lord's going to give you light. But for that to be useful, it somehow must have come out, come out there some way. It must come out for it to be useful. So to sum this up, the true hearer, the true hearer, what's the hearer? To hear and what? To hear and obey or hear and do? The true hearer will have no loss. No loss. See, you can live your life as a Christian for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and that whole time there can be absolutely no loss because you hear, listen, you obey, or you do. Whatever it is the Lord is showing you, you do it. When you do that, there is no loss. There, there cannot be loss at all. But those who do not hear with them, there will be no gain. So as we, say, we said in John 15:2, he that is producing, he that, you know, has, well, I don't want to use Luke, but he who is, um, is not producing fruit, that one there has loss. They have loss. But if we abide in Jesus Christ and receive the the nourishment from the tree that we should, we can live a life without any loss. And I believe that's what the Lord wants from us, that there would be no loss. That whenever we stand before him, he'll look back upon our life. And, well, he won't have to. He'll see what quality is there. And that, that quality will speak either... There has been lost, or there has not been lost, And there are going going to be a lot of Christians, I believe, that stand before the Lord. And because they, they didn't stay in the purpose of God for their life and they went their own way for whatever reason, he's going to look at them and he's going to see that that which they should have become through this nourishment or through this hearing that there is loss or there is lack in their life. I believe that there will be those who stand before the Lord and they will be weeping. Not because of his presence per se, but because they will see what was available. They will see what they had available to them as far as the nourishment to bring about richness in them. And because of their own choices or their own direction, they have missed out. I mean, they'll be saved and so forth. But I encourage you today to stay in the purpose of God. I encourage you to hear and be attentive to the Lord so that when he does say something to you or show you something, that you have a willing heart to obey or to do, to listen and to do.